0: You're listening to an Encore presentation of The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now in the studio, local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell
2: welcome to the money art 1150 a.m kknw the saturday show you can also listen to my podcast facebook premiere show or you can catch the show on my show youtube channel in addition for more information on upcoming events please go to Events.com. and i'm your host and local mortgage expert tina mitchell bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money if you are hearing my show at a different time or day you are listening to a rebroadcast I'm here to answer any questions or more importantly, to connect you with the two amazing guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-400-1150. Again, that's 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now the lineup for today's show, will be having a panel conversation with both of my guests, Joshua Meeks, of the PNW team and Mary Gleason of Mary Gleason Consulting and Coaching. I'll also be having a conversation with Joshua from PW team on rising the standard in real estate and followed conversation with Mary Gleason on intuition helps build empathy in the workplace and elsewhere. Also, if you're watching my show on my Facebook premiere or YouTube channel, I would like to introduce you to my producer over at Hubbard Radio, Benny. I'd also like to introduce you to my director of marketing, Becky, without the two of them, the show would not be possible. So a big shout out to both of you, uh, Benny and Becky, thank you for everything that you do behind the scenes and great information and great guests in studio for today. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. And now we'll start out the show as I do each week with a little bit of Money Chat.
1: Money. Money.
2: Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. is It is an action-packed, shortened week highlighted by housing data, GDP, and the Fed's favorite measure of inflation, personal consumer expenditure (PEC). New home sales and pending home sales will give us a look at signed contracts on new and existing homes last month. The PCC, the PCE inflation report, which last showed 5.8 percent headline and 4.9 percent core is expected to rise to 5.9% and 5% respectively, but after seeing the CPI data, I think it may be expectations. Interest rates rose to 4.06%, putting rates 98 basis points or almost 1% higher than they were this time last year. Refinances declined by 15.6% or are now 56.4% year-over-year basis. Refinances made up 50.1% of all transactions which was down from 50% in the previous week. Now, the real estate market is still very hot and home prices are rising. Nationwide, about 50% of homes are still being bid over asking price. If we look at our local market, it is much higher and much more difficult with the low inventory. Now, the Case Shiller Home Price Index, which is considered the gold standard for appreciation, showed home prices rose 0.9% in December and 18.8% year over year, which is unchanged from the previous report. Appreciations remain at very high levels. Even in the face of interest rates increasing, which started to move higher in December, they have continued to increase since then. So that we could start to see these figures moderate a bit, but these uh, with these increases in cash buyers and investors, they may not be affected very much. Now, when we take a look at the inventory, there were only 860,000 homes for sale, which is another record low down from last month's reading of 910,000. Inventory is 16% lower than last year and completely a different picture than what compared to what we saw in the bubble of 2007 when there were 3.7 million homes for sale. Now this is only a 1.5 month supply of homes and the six month it's considered an average or a balanced market. So we're speaking of a huge imbalance in the supply and demand. Homes were only on the market for 19 days in January. Now, again, these are national numbers, Uh, Joshua would be the one to reach out to to really talk about our local market because it again, it's much more challenging when we're talking about the inventory shortage uh, right here in uh, the Seattle market. First time home buyers accounted for 27% of sales, which is down from 30% in the previous report. Cash buyers rose sharply from 23% to 27%, while investors purchased 22% of homes, up from 17%. Now, foreclosures or short sales account for less than 1% of all transactions. Not many people are going to foreclose on a property when they have all the equity they'll just put it on the market and sell it as they're not going to have an issue doing that. Now the NABH housing market index, which is a real time reading on builder confidence fell 1.82 but it remains a very strong level any reading above 50% signals expansion. For perspective, this index was at 80% in October and 80%, 83% in November, and reached an all-time high of 90% in November of 2020. Looking at the internals, current sales down 1% to 90, future expectations fell two or one point, future expectations fell two points to 80, Fire traffic fell four points to 65. Now the NAHB, Chief economist Robert Diaz said residential construction costs are up 21% on a year-over-year basis, and these higher development costs have hit for the first-time buyers particularly pretty hard. Bottom line, builder confidence remains extremely strong even in the face of higher building material costs and the lack of skilled labor. The MBA released their mortgage application data last week showing that purchase applications fell 10%. 0.1% and are down to 5.4% year over year while purchases are down when you compare to 2019 figures volume is much stronger when factoring in the rise in cash buyers today's figures are down closer to 3% which is still Quite strong, considering the higher home prices, inventory at record lows, and higher interest rates. And that is your money chat for this week. Coming up next on the Money Hour panel conversation with Joshua Meeks of the PNW team and Mary Gleason of Mary Gleason Consulting and Coaching, right here on at 11:50 AM at KKNW.
1: make us part of your daily routine alternative talk 1150
0: you're listening to an encore presentation of the money hour with your host tina mitchell
1: you're listening to the money hour with your host tina mitchell on alternative talk 1150 a.m now back to the show with local mortgage expert tina mitchell
2: you are listening to the Money Hour at on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 26th show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch the show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, in addition, for more information on my upcoming events, please go to Events.com. I am your host and local mortgage consultant, Tina Mitchell. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money save money so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or to connect you with the two guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50, or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. And now, now on our show, panel conversation with Joshua Meeks of the PNW team and Mary Gleason of Mary Gleason Consulting and Coaching right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to both of you uh, to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so really excited to have a panel conversation uh, with the two of you, but before we do that, I wanna go ahead and give an introduction, a little bio of Joshua. Never feeling settled, never feeling comfortable, but always striving to raise the standard in real estate. Joshua Meeks started the PNW team in Washington State with Keller Williams Puyallup and is now also licensed in Florida and Kentucky. As a real estate agent, he recognizes that the success he and his team brings is the product of those that he serves. In 2013, he graduated with a degree in business management from Northwest University, finished his last job as a carpenter foreman in commercial construction, and started serving as a full-time real estate agent. He quickly brought together a team of equally driven people in order to provide the best services available for his clients when he's not running his business, you can find josh hanging out with his family at the local state park joshua again, thank you so much for being here.
3: pleasure to be here. And a
2: little bit about Mary Gleason. Tell me about your, oh, oh, uh, that was the wrong word. I got Mary's bio. Here it is. (laughs) Nothing works perfectly when you're live, right? (laughs) Mary Gleason has created a powerful decision-making process to help you up your game and keep moving forward for greater productivity and profitability. Mary Mm -hmm. combines her 30 plus years in nonprofit management and consulting with her practices as a hypnotherapist and psychic intuitive to help you make better decisions. And I will say on a side note, I attended one of her personal in-person uh, events, which was a really beautiful experience. Thank her you. expertise, thank you, Mary. Her expertise has shown how costly it is to make the wrong decision, and yes, how hard it is to know what is right. Mary's goal is to help mm-hmm. leaders at all levels create an expansive awareness for forward momentum by making whole-brained, evenly whole-body decisions. Her book, Being Woo Woo in an Engineer World, is dedicated to those who are waking up to their intuitive powers and looking for a community to support them on that journey. Mary, again, thank you for being in here today, and thank you for coming back into the show as you've been a regular contributor. Uh, contributor, really appreciate that. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me yeah all right, my first panel panel question. I always have different panel questions that I bring in each week, except for the first one because I think this is important for my listeners to know a little bit about who you are and why you do what you do. So Joshua, we'll go ahead and start out with you. What life experience brought you into your line of work?
3: A, a background of you know a family who's very, very uh, interested, most of my dad in, in into real estate, talked the concepts uh, a good amount, and really, Helped to inspire that passion a little bit within me, um, and then combined with just growing up incredibly poor, <laughs> my myself, and then uh, a career in, in construction within commercial construction, most recently as a carpenter foreman, um, and a desire to just serve people as as if it's a ministry, um, kind of all all came together around 2013 or 14 as I you know finished up my my business degree with a desire to just serve people well and and real estate is an area where as you know as the shows about it's you know often revolves around money it's a really big conversation for a lot of people and it carries with it a lot of sentiment a lot of a lot of memories a lot of emotion a lot of family and so being able to kind of facilitate that was something that was really attractive and exciting to me
2: yeah service um uh definitely and i love the words that you use um uh services as, as a ministry and really home ownership is the american dream and it's one of the biggest assets that a lot of people have in really building their family financial security uh and yeah coming from uh, a stressed place of financial definitely gives you a different drive, I think, than uh, people that come from money and definitely people that come from wealth. Playing my little my violin at Pike Place Market to help my parents keep a roof over our head uh, yeah. definitely got me to where I'm at today. And being able to have the passion of helping people get into home ownership by providing fans financing because we didn't have that security uh, growing up. So thank you for sharing that, uh, Josh. Sure, we have some kindred spirits going on uh, there from childhood. So Mary, what about you? What life experience brought you in to your line of work? Because it definitely is a special line of work that you do.
4: (laughs) It is. You tell people you're an executive intuition coach and they don't very often say, oh, got it. Um, (laughs) So I would say that what really woke me up to the importance of this is my own illness. Um, I used to live very intuitively without really appreciating what that meant or what it was. It just was there all the time. And then somewhere along the way, I stopped and everything had to be measurable and reasonable and rational. And I had to explain it to higher ups more and more as my career took off. And the intuitive side of me got pushed to the side. And so that means I took a lot of jobs I shouldn't have, got myself into situations I knew I shouldn't have. And eventually it takes its toll on you physically because nothing happens to us on one level. Everything happens physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And so if things aren't going well, if they don't start right away in your body, they get there. (laughs) And so my thing was to be completely me. And my journey was to understand what this intuition was because I didn't wake up sick one morning. I woke up sick of being sick and had to really take a break and say, how did I get here? What am I missing? What am I doing? And working with other coaches and health providers and saying, oh, my gosh, I knew I shouldn't have done that i knew i shouldn't have hired that person taken that job whatever it was why did i ignore that thing and really focus on what is that thing and then for a long time i kept my practices separate and i brought them together with the great realization that everybody gets all of me so why am i pretending to be two different people or somehow that intuitive side i was still trying to hide it in the business world
2: yeah.
4: Um, and what I found is, you know, I'm working with executives who are experiencing some chaos or whatever. And this is where those other skills come in. And I can say, okay, let's just get to the bottom of that so we can get you moving forward.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, when you let people know that your intuition consulting coach their intuition is telling them, wow, I need to learn more about that. So follow your intuition and connect with Mary. If you don't understand what that is, because you really need her because our intuition uh, drives everything that we do or the lack of knowing what our intuition is telling us is driving us to do things that we shouldn't do. And I love Mary um, that even though you're in intuitive and you have a gift, at a higher level than majority of us have, that you had to go through those struggles of not paying attention to your own intuition, and that's what brought you to where you're at right now. Um, because really, our our tragedies in life or our struggles in life, when we can make it through that, brings us to our triumphs. And a, a side mm-hmm. note, um, you know, for me as well is sharing my story of tragedy to triumph. Because without those tragedies, I wouldn't be able to be here today and share my that's story of triumph. So I love. Uh, Mary, that you went through those struggles of not paying attention Mm -hmm. to your own intuition. Right. And Some
4: people will say things like, um, you know, everything for a reason. And I like to say you can give reason to everything.
2: Oh, I love that.
4: So my thing is that I don't think we have to have bad things or that we did things for, you know, that these things happened sometimes to us without our permission, losing loved ones, whatever that is. However, we can go back and look for the gift.
2: Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, Mary, thank you so much. All right. Uh, So Joshua, what one popular entrepreneur, oh my gosh, I'm losing my uh, enter. Entrepreneurial. (laughs) Thank you so much. One of my challenges as I was in speech therapy, so sometimes I get stuck on a word, and once I get stuck there, I actually can never give it out. But so, thank you, Mary. Um, uh, Advice? Do you have that you that you've heard that you disagree with, and why, or what Mm. popular advice have you implemented that you've heard and how it helped your business? So either or.
3: Um, I would say one of the one of the most common conversations that we're having right now. Matter of fact, this conversation just happened today as i think a lot of people coming into sales feel that um they need to uh, maybe lose being themselves in order to fit into like a specific position and so i would say uh, entrepreneurial advice that i would have is for people to lean into who they are and to figure out how that's needed in the industry instead of somebody comes to you with a fun or exciting idea and then just deciding that it uh, maybe maybe that it feels right or that it sounds good or that it sounds fun Really, saying, "Am I passionate about this? Am I going to love this? Does this feel like it's who I am? And is there an opportunity in the market for me to do this well?" I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of room for that. And then another one that we talk about fairly often on the other side um, is being able to differentiate between um, well, a fun idea and a good idea is what we talk about fairly often. And that's and that's really knowing that um, it's asking where what's needed in the in the in the industry, what's needed in the world. And then coming back and saying um is this is this fun like is it just cool to think about which is great conversation to have um but then going one step further and saying what's what's the need in the marketplace for this is the world telling us that this is a a service an experience a dynamic a product that's that's really needed and i think it's hard for people when when you get excited about stuff as an entrepreneur usually we're big vision big dreamers right it's hard to bring that back in and invite people into that world and say hey is this uh does this need some some balance or some wisdom some direction uh, some counsel so
2: really great advice and I love uh you know being your authentic self and bringing Mm -hmm. that into the product or service that you're offering rather than adjusting your authentic self to the product and service that you want to offer and yeah definitely um, having those game changer marketing ideas that are so much fun go through that process and then dial down to make sure that there actually is a need at a high level for that and then target your perfect market that are actually Mm -hmm. in need of that. So thank you, Joshua. Mary, how about for you? Wow, Joshua, I was going to say a lot of
4: the same thing. um, The things that you have said and, and being your authentic self and showing up consistently as who you are is really important. Just because everybody else does it one particular way the truth is there are your people out there and they're only going to find you if you show up as who you are so i can be the pushy east coaster sometimes and whatnot and what i will find from people is they'll say oh thank god somebody who cuts to the chase while half the pacific northwesterners are going much little much kind of thing so there's somebody for everybody as my friend's mom likes to say every pot has a lid so <laughs> but you want to attract the people even in your business who are attracted to who you are and what you have yes. to offer yeah absolutely. Um, everybody yeah. else is going to drain you and yeah. or you're going to be a drain on them
2: yeah so, Great, great advice yeah. yeah thank you thank you so much mary um absolutely be your authentic self and let your perfect people come to you so great panel conversation with both of you i appreciate that um and definitely a huge value to people that are listening to the shows that want to level up what they're doing in their business as well coming up next in the Money hour uh raising the standard in real estate joshua meeks of the pnw team right here on 11 50 a.m kknw
0: Never feeling settled, never feeling comfortable, but always striving to raise the standard in real estate? Joshua Meeks started the PNW team in Washington State with Keller Williams Puyallup and is now also licensed in Florida and Kentucky. As a real estate agent, he recognizes that the success he and his team brings is a product of those he serves. In 2013, he graduated with a degree in business management from Northwest University, finished his last job as a carpenter foreman in commercial construction, and started full-time in real estate. He quickly brought together a team of equally driven people in order to provide the best services available for his clients. When he's not running his business, you can find Josh hanging out with his family at a local state park. For more information about Josh and how he can help you, along with the p and team, In Washington State and Keller Williams of Puyallup, email him at jmeeks at pnwteam.com.
1: Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: You're listening to an Encore presentation of The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell.
1: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now... Back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You
2: are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, The Saturday Show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook Premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my upcoming complimentary events, go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. And I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, Joshua Meeks of the PNW team, raising the standard in real estate right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, Joshua, really excited to have you on the show. I know you've had huge uh, success in your business since you transitioned into real estate. You've got an amazing team. And I was really excited to see that you took me up on my offer to uh, book a spot because I really wanted to get you uh, get you in front of my listeners. So as I start up my conversation with you today, tell me a little bit about your business, Joshua.
3: Well, we are uh, partnered with Keller Williams Piallop. That's the brokerage that we're, where we hang our license. I have an expansion office just outside of Keller Williams uh up here in Lake Taps area. So we're kind of centered right, right here between Auburn, Fife, and the Puyallup Sumner area. Um, we, right here in our office, have a team of 19 people, I think actually 20 people now. Um, so full service team, full service admin, and have uh, and really just made it our mission to raise the standard in real estate with people-focused, performance-driven service that brings joy to our clients and value to our community. So that's been what's continued to drive us, and being able to do that with a full team of agents and incredible uh, support staff is is a ton of fun
2: yeah when you can uh, see your passion and what you do Josh. one and again uh with your success in business a lot of that has to be credited to the fact that you have uh that support team behind you so you can really yeah. focus on uh serving your clients at the highest level so joshua how did you i'm sure i know we've talked a little bit about uh stories that connect you to uh real estate but let's go in a little more detail on that and uh what made you decide to start in your real estate practice
3: well i actually uh i thought i was going to be a youth pastor when i was when i was younger you know after i decided i couldn't be a fish and i got to an age where i understood what a career looked like uh it's at the age of 14 you know as soon as i really decided you know i i, I could look ahead and say here's here's what i want to be in life i had a desire to be a youth pastor so i pursued that for about the first um i don't know almost almost 10 years of of my life while i was in construction while i was graduating high school while i was taking jobs as they were coming i became a union carpenter uh, as soon as i turned 17 Uh, senior year in high school was going to high school college and working a full-time job as a commercial carpenter uh, and really just invited work and opportunity into my, into my, into my life as soon as possible. Um, Continued to work up kind of through commercial construction, had a ton of fun doing that building, you know, large buildings, bridges, sky rises, retail centers between Bellevue, Seattle, Ballard, Tacoma, Puyallup, Bonnie Lake area, spent years doing that. And then wrapped up the last job as I was finishing up uh, my, uh, business degree and doing night classes, uh, wrapped that up around 2013. I was, you know, going to school full-time over at Northwest university while working, you know, 50, 60, 70 hour weeks sometimes, and f- finished up that season and kind of took some time to look up and say, what is it, what does it mean to, to, uh, find what I'm passionate about, to serve people in that process, to see it as ministry and to, uh, kind of just look at the way God's made me and and, and created the opportunity around me and say, what does that look like? And for me, that was looking back a little further in life and realizing that real estate's been one of those areas that I've been personally involved in for a long time, where I find myself really getting excited to help to serve people and to provide opportunity both for our team and for others through, as you stated earlier, one of the biggest financial decisions that they'll make in their life. So like like a lot of people started off saying, if I could just help one person or two people or 10 people, and that's grown a lot um, since then to being able to uh, serve the Pacific Northwest with with our team.
2: Yeah, that's great. I always, um, you know, my intent every day is to wake up and be an inspiration to just one person. It's the intent a little bit better than i was yesterday and if i can do that my days of success and that makes sense in how you bring ministry into your description of what you do and i love that it kind of goes back to uh what we were talking about in our panel conversation of being your authentic self and bringing in who you are and even the words that you use um, it means even more to me now that i've heard the story behind that um, so that that's beautiful and i believe that there are many different career paths that we can take there's not one career path that we should take. There are many that we can be very successful at. It's bringing in our authentic self and our overall passion, which doesn't actually have necessarily something to do directly to what we're doing. It's the overall picture and bringing that into what we decide to do in our career. And um, as you have, and many of us have, we've had more than one successful career in yeah, our yeah. life. So. Uh, Thank you so much for that. So talk a a little bit about the areas that you serve now.
3: Uh, So right now, if you draw, if you put a dot in Lake Tapps, where our office is, uh, if anybody's kind of local to the area, we are working and operating out of the building that used to be called Lake Tapps Medicine, where it was a little doctor's office for about 40 years in this community. So they know it fairly well. But if you draw a circle of around 45 miles around the radius of our office, that's really the area that that we primarily serve as our hub. So that's Pierce County, King County, Thurston, Snohomish, a little Kitsap once in a while, Kitsap getting out there, um, and then uh, as we continue to see demand grow, and as as we have seen opportunity outside of Washington State, we're now opening up a branch um, in in Arizona as well. I'm personally licensed in Florida and Kentucky, um, but we're as far as our business goes, we're focusing on Washington within these kind of five or six main counties, and then just starting to kind of dive into the uh, the expansion market in Arizona as well.
2: Congratulations on the continued growth uh, outside of Washington State. Thank you. Uh, Very exciting for you, I'm sure. So Joshua, in a market of over 34,000 real estate agents, talk a little bit about how you set yourself apart because uh, very few agents see the success that you have seen. So definitely you're doing something different than the 34,000 real estate agents. Yeah, a
3: lot lot of agents out in the... uh out in the community in the West, in Western Washington and we, and we, you know, our, our goal as somebody who really wants to raise the standard in real estate is to see everybody in the industry uh, doing well and, and wanting to inspire and encourage and provide uh, kind of systems that help other people elevate their business as well. But a lot of it goes back to the conversation of genuinely being who we are uh, and then asking questions to our clients, which is where we've seen tremendous success. People are attracted to the agents that are on our team because they're comfortable being them within an industry that has a demand for people like them without trying to just make each person another salesperson, right? Allowing them to be their authentic selves. And then asking our clients what's important and kind of filling out what are the pain points of the market. It's an intense market for buyers right now. It's a rewarding and overwhelming market for sellers right now. And most of our success has been us just coming to our clients and saying, what's important to you? why is that important to you how can we meet that need and we find by being our true self and getting to know who our clients are not just seeing them as another transaction that's gone a long long way on on helping helping our clients that's the reason the average agent might close five or six transactions and most of the people on our team are are, are closing a lot more than that because they're inviting people into their world and offering value that uh, that isn't normal in our industry. When it comes to all the way from field services, you know, not just normal transaction coordinating um, and kind of keeping people updated on the process, but saying, how can I show up to your house and help put carbon monoxide detectors in your house or seismic straps? How can we help prep a little curb appeal to get your listing looking good? How can we help you as a buyer really take a minute and, and decide, like, is it is it uh, going to be a win for you to get an offer accepted on this house and what would create a win? And that's that's been what's worked really well for us.
2: Yeah. And we didn't have a topic today on being your authentic self. Uh, the, sh- the conversation has just definitely gone in that direction, uh, which is really exciting because I think that's one of the, uh, the biggest things that you can share today and being successful, you have to be your best self to be best for others in order to be your best self. So you can be best for others. You must lead with your authenticity, which will then bring out your passion,
3: mm-hmm. which will then
2: inspire people, and motivate people to take action. And yep. the expertise is, is a given that you need to have that. But I think being your authentic self, even with a less expertise, you can win from some of the experienced agents that are not being their authentic self because that's first and foremost, most important and then you'll lead with confidence and the expertise uh, follows through that process. Yep. Um, so thank you, Joshua for that. So. Let's talk about your forecast or your vision and where you see our real estate market going.
3: Yeah, that's I mean the biggest question that's come up yeah. sitting down with sellers and buyers is is it a good time to sell? And it always
2: sell? is, right? I mean yep. no matter what market we're in it's always the biggest <laughs> question. Yeah.
3: It is. It is. I think it's just a maybe a little bit more of uh possibly a, of of uh, an emotional conversation for for buyers. I mean if you're out there right now and you're a buyer trying to get an offer accepted like man my my heart's with you right also our talent is with you if if we have the opportunity to to serve you and our team's leverage is with you but when you look ahead in the market buyers want to know like it feels like i'm competing hard for a house am am i going to regret that in three six twelve months um and you you touched on this a little bit before but i mean when you look back at 2007 2008 there was 14 months of inventory on the market like i think you said three and a half million homes that were available nationally. And when you compare those stats to where we are now, you know, nationally, we might be at a month and a half inventory in our local market. And most of Western Washington, we're looking at like a week and a half of inventory, you know, 0.3 months of inventory. Um, So I think.
2: That means if we don't have any more homes that go on the market, we are going to completely run out of inventory in a week and a half. Correct.
3: Yep. And, and across the nation we see like people like just you know fighting dog eat dog over trying to get an offer accepted emotional ties contingencies waived earnest money non-refundable a lot a lot of huge decisions to try to find the right place to have a home and based on the demand that we're seeing based on even the trajectory that the Fed could increase rates a little bit it could impact interest rates um, it it's very likely that we're going to see more demand and supply for the next 2 or 3 years and if that's the case, that continues to put buyers in a position of knowing it'll be tough. I'm going to fight to get an offer accepted, but I'm still going to be able to look back and think myself that I made a good decision. Um, and then, you know, obviously a lot of sellers are reaching out to some of them are moving out of state and it's never a bad time to, to sell in our market. Uh, and this kind of dynamic and move to, to a different market, if that's where you're family, your job, vocation, your desires, whatever else is, is leading you. But it looks, if I could summarize it, very highly likely that in the next two to three years, we'll continue to see more more demand and supply. And that'll continue to keep us in, in a buyer's market. You know, um, The caveat of you know anything outside of the economic numbers that we can see right in front of us, but this is how most economists, most real estate agents, a lot of lenders are looking at the industry and saying, well, this gives us the confidence based on not just You know, emotion or hearsay or hype, but based on actual numbers, this is likely where the market's heading, a continual seller's market for the next year or two, maybe three.
2: Yeah, when they pulled uh, the top economist uh, on the low end, and I don't have the data in front of me, so I might be off a little bit on the low end, uh, the very conservative Said next year six percent appreciation. The ones that yep. were in the middle said twelve percent. The ones that were in the high were eighteen percent. So um, yep. definitely in our local market, I mean, there's no there, there's the challenge of being able to get more inventory, and then you take the increase of interest rates as well. When people are sitting at a two and a half percent interest rate, and the interest rates are you know four percent, they're going to maybe rethink about uh, buying versus just taking equity out of their homes. So there's all kinds yeah. of impact. There that are going to affect the real estate market. The other thing uh to, to think about is you you really never lose in real estate unless you're forced to sell in a bad market and you're not reinvesting yep. at that same time. So, you know, look if you bought your market at the your home at the top of the market and then we had that crash right after it didn't matter. You weren't planning on selling your home there. Yep. You didn't lose any money, and now look at where things went. So, uh, shout out to people that are thinking about, "Wow, I just, I don't know about this. Um, you know, am I going to end up in in a crash situation? Um, not likely. But even if there was an adjustment in the market, unless you plan on unless you plan on selling and not reinvesting at the same time, you have not lost anything. So, Joshua, yeah. let's talk about Washington and what you see as far as people moving in and moving out of Washington State.
3: Yeah. And just to kind of touch on that last conversation too, real quick, like we bought our first yeah. house in 2008, our interest rate was six and three eighths, And I thought that yeah. was pretty wonderful. We saw the market adjust a little bit and we said, this is, a, this is now is a great time to buy. We bought our first house. It was a complete fixer upper for $253,000. And then as we invested 30 to $40,000 in the equity, we watched the value decrease down to one seventy. <laughs> yeah. And we held on to that property. We held on it for years. We eventually bought another property. We turned that one into a rental. Um, and we sold that property, like, I think it was 12 years later or so for uh, $330,000. Yeah. Today, that house is yeah. worth about $480,000. But in that moment, when we bought it for 253, dollars and you're experiencing the equity not being there and you're experiencing, you know, being in that position. I mean, the months of inventory was like 10, 12 months when we purchased yeah. that home. I didn't understand what that meant. Yeah. Uh, but we held on that home, and the long-term game was absolutely holding onto that property, and it worked. Yeah, when worked you go well.
2: through that emotional uh, piece as well, it will never hit me like it did before because yeah. I know that I'm not going to lose money in real estate. We bought ours in December of twenty in 2004 uh, for one million fifty, and it got down to about seven hundred thousand, and I was freaking out. Yeah. and you know we're almost two point five now, so I mean it's you know it it just as if you don't plan on re you're selling. So um, yeah, great, great shout out there. Joshua, I had a list of questions I wanted to go over with you, but we're just having a great in-depth conversation on a fewer questions, which is a huge benefit for people that are listening to the show. But I want to have one more thing. Uh, Just give a shout out on the best way to connect with you for my listeners that are looking at buying or selling real estate and want to work with one of the best in their local market.
3: Yeah, you can find us at the, at the PNW team.com and you can see our full, our full team and staff there.
2: Wonderful, Joshua, thank you so much for coming into studio and I look forward to uh, having you back uh, again in the future. Thank you. Coming up next on the Money Hour, intuition helps build empathy in the workplace and elsewhere. Mary Gleason of Mary Gleason Consulting and Coaching right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
1: Has your workplace become all remote or hybrid? Are you struggling with how to keep a team feel in place with everyone so scattered? Or have you returned to an all in-person work environment, but somehow your coworkers have changed? Now, more than ever, empathy is key to your leadership success. This one skill can serve you in any area of your life and most especially in business, as things continue to evolve while the work demands remain. Mary Gleason Consulting & Coaching can show you and your team how to develop greater empathy for each other that will create a strong work environment and keep motivation to perform strong. Find out more at marygleasonconsulting.com. Just click on Schedule and set up a complimentary discovery call with her. Mary also invites you to explore her website with an assortment of free downloads, including her guided meditation, Chakra Balancing for Greater Intuition. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150 KKNW.
0: You're listening to an encore presentation of The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell.
1: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You
2: are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere or catch my show on my show, YouTube channel. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I bring into studio each week, the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. And now in studio, Mary Gleason of Mary Gleason consulting and coaching intuition helps build empathy in the workplace and elsewhere. Right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Mary, welcome back to the show. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, very excited to uh, to have you. So Mary, uh, what is, share a little bit more in detail on intuition and who has it?
4: That is a very easy question. And the answer is everyone. Everyone has it. Now, people will say, I'm not like you. I'm not psychic. I'm not this. And but everybody is intuitive. The difference is, for me, uh, it's kind of a dominant thing about me. My husband is a dominant five sensor. I'm a dominant six sensor, you know, in the Myers-Briggs of life, you know, I fall into that category. So he's a sensor. We all have the ability to tap in. And in fact, the responsibility to tap into the other side of our brain, Mm -hmm. to Um, get more information. So I have worked with people who are extremely left brain like engineers that um, we've come up with some exercises that say, you know, let's get all the facts out of the way and then we're going to work on expanding your creativity, your, your insights, your knowledge, that sort of thing in a new way. And then I've worked with people who aren't complete visionaries and they never stop to look behind them and see that they've left their team In the Uh dirt because they don't know which idea is the one they're supposed to be working on. So sometimes it's to say, okay, that's a lovely idea. Let's go back and look at the logic and what do you know you need um, that comes from the I'm doing this because of the left and right brain. So,
2: and you have to have that balance of both the creativity and the logic side. So, really being able to have a coach that brings you together. So, basically, and the intuition, everyone has it. The difference is, is how much people are tapping into it or not. And that's what you do is you help people um, in their personal life and in their professional life to maximize tapping Mm -hmm. into their intuition so that they can maximize um, their their business and their life. So what do you mean by empathy? And why is empathy and leading with that so important?
4: So right now we are in the most bizarre work situation. We have people still at home, people coming back to the office, um, companies that have hybrid, you can pick and choose or whatever, Um, but we've lost that distinction for the most part of being at work and being at home. And many companies have seen, well, My employee works from five to seven, then they go and get their kids off to school or maybe to the dentist. And then they come back around seven at night and they work till a minute and they do so good and all their work is done and they haven't missed anything, but they've got that balance. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of exaggerating the hours, but you know what I'm talking about. They found out that people will do their work, even if you're not watching them every minute. So that's one thing. The second thing they have found is that while working from home, not every employee is having the same experience. So I'm my kids are older, they're gone. Um, I have the house to myself kind of thing. Other people have, you know, older generation, younger generation, caregiving responsibilities, tiny apartments, and now their spouse and their kids are all home too. I mean, so everybody has a little different thing. The thing that we've learned is we, we had this cookie cutter idea of our employees. And when they're here, they're ours. And this is how we motivate them. This is how we get things done. And people have had to let go and allow for that creative part. And when you say, OK, well, you can't say, well, Tina's working from home and she gets her work done. And she's always on. I can get a hold of her anytime between eight and five. Where are you? That doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, So we need a little more empathy of what's happening for people. And the thing that I like to do with intuition is when I can get people inside their own selves. Mm -hmm. understanding what's theirs that they're bringing to the conversation they can begin to see their employee their team member whatever it is separate from themselves you have a very different conversation Um, they're not resisting you they're having a life and um, too many times the boss will say, are you trying to get me in trouble? I need this, by rather than saying, how can I help you? And being prepared for it to be something different than would normally be. Yeah, and absolutely. we've also broken down that myth of the distinction between home and work. Mm-hmm. We never really went to work and shut out home and we never really went home and shut out work. Sure. But we found a better way to handle them. And for many of us, it included better self care. People yeah. aren't going to give that up.
2: Yeah. So successful business leaders come from a place of always looking how to make adjustments and definitely having a conversation uh, with your, uh, your team in what individual situation is, is needed in order for them to maximize their, their work environment mm-hmm. and creating that opportunity. For their intuition to come in and, and be able to communicate at a high level mm-hmm. and what they need to be successful in their positions. So, Mary, how can intuition help build empathy? So, again,
4: that part where you know
2: what you've brought in
4: or you're taking the time. I mean, somebody asked me once, What does it mean to be psychic? So, what do you really do? Like they were trying to get their head around it. And I said, Basically, I listen to the messages that others tend to ignore. We all have the messages, stop, breathe. Um, This productivity demand that we have on all of us doesn't mean you're not, if you stop to think or count to 10 or take a deep breath, doesn't mean you're not being productive. It means you are going in with a greater sense of awareness about yourself and those that you are with. Yeah. right and yeah. i will i just want to back up and say too empathy doesn't mean you take on the other person's woes empathy doesn't mean um anything other than i see you as a whole person yes you know and maybe you can't help them because some of what's holding them back is personal but you can say how about if i give you two days and then we jump back in
2: yeah or right. whatever yeah so that's empathy that's empathy. So let's talk about the power and the real result when coming from a place of greater empathy.
4: It's really powerful. And first of all, people feel heard. They feel like they matter, especially if you're in large companies where everybody basically has a number and a position and, oh yeah, what was their name again? You know, kind of thing. They feel seen. And there's nothing more motivating than to say, they know me, whether it's because it feels good to you or, uh uh-oh, can't hide in the (laughs) cube farm anymore, they see me kind of thing. The idea being that people feel seen and heard, the accountability goes up, and the desire to be successful comes forward. They don't want to be seen as the screw up, right? Yes. Um, there's fewer places to hide if you're that victim mentality. Um, mm. you can just say, hmm, sounds rough. This doesn't sound different, though, than some of the other stuff that was happening for you. So, how are we going to get you back on track here? Yes. So, if it, empathy doesn't necessarily mean you have to take on things because you can see them, but it yes. does mean you have to have a more respectful approach to the individual above and beyond the milestones and the timelines that have been set because honestly those things can be changed if they have to and in fact they change all the time
2: yes yeah you have to pay attention to your intuition to see if you have the space to rent some of that out for other people where they need empathy or if you have to figure out another way or someone else to get them to uh, like mary that can help them through that process so mary is being a intuition uh, consulting coach I'm sure you hear the word woo-woo a lot. So how can somebody take these skills and really bring them into their professional life and their personal life without the woo-woo? Oh
4: Gosh, you know, that's why I call my book the woo-woo and the engineer. I'm just stealing the argument. You don't have to say, I sat on my pillow this morning and meditated for an hour and I had these images and therefore X, but you can, and you actually have the responsibility to say, here's all the data that we've been looking at. Here's what reports you've asked for kind of thing. I have to be honest with you. Something about this is off. Or I know it's not exactly what we we're looking for, but I still have to tell you in my heart of hearts, I believe this is the time where we're right to go. You have the responsibility to bring the entire thought process to what you're doing. And you can ask your staff, gee, what do you think about it? Follow up with, gee, What do you feel about it?
2: Mm. And that that word is really important in getting to what you what you feel. So, um, Mary, on the empathy, when it comes to really uh, tapping in these skills, your intuition and the empathy, how is that helping your business with productivity and profitability?
4: honestly because you're going to create fewer problems yeah when we go too quickly when we just have to get it off the checklist when we just want it off our desk when we have to fill that seat let's go 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 there's no time for you to say is this the right thing to do and it really only takes a few seconds but when we move too fast those things are going to come back on your desk, and they're going to come back as problems. And problems, the first thing they do is put on the brakes and keep you stuck. And the second thing they do is take you backwards. Because now you got to go fix everything to get back to where you were. And now you got to come forward again to get it moving. You know, making fewer problems is going to save you time and money in the long run, which is why I say it's greater productivity and profitability, because... You know, and once you understand how your intuition shows up for you and how to call on it proactively and how to interpret it correctly, you are going to create fewer problems. The trick is it shows up differently for everyone. And so taking that time to say, in these circumstances, how does it show up for me? Or what does it mean? Sometimes I can feel it in my gut. Sometimes I can feel it in my head. Sometimes
2: I can feel it in my chest my lower back, whatever. They all mean something. Yes, yeah. Well, as yeah. a time management and business efficiency coach, I share tools and resources to maximize your productivity, which then a result is maximizing your profitability. What Mary does is she teaches you how to use your own in, 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 internal tools and resources. So, then you're being most efficient and maximizing your productivity and profitability. Mary, it's always a pleasure to have you in here. You're definitely a unique profession in what you have to offer, and so important that people have this into into their lives. So, people that are listening to the show right now and they want to connect with you, what is the best place to go?
4: You can connect with me at Mary Gleason Consulting.com. And my schedule is on there, and I offer 30 minute um, discovery calls that no charge, or you can simply email me at Mary at Mary Gleason Consulting.com. It's
2: pretty easy. Wonderful. If you're listening to the show, definitely take advantage of Mary's complimentary discovery 30 minute session and get to her online calendar.
4: And I just want to say, too, the book is available on Amazon and on my website.
2: So Wonderful. I hope you can get it. <laughs> thank you so much, Mary. You're so uh, you can also call into the show at 1 855 or go online to themoneyara.com and I can connect you with either Joshua or Mary. And I want to thank both of you uh, for being on the show today. It was a great conversation. I really appreciate it.
4: Thank you. Appreciate being here.
3: Thank you.
2: I am your host and local mortgage expert. Got to sign off today, but I'll be back next weekend for more talk on money right here on 1150 a.m. KKNW.
1: Gina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.